no, it's two weeks from Easter or something. Next Sunday's Palm Sunday already. I just wish the weather would realize that. Um, hey, there was a there was a, uh, a taxi cab driver and a preacher. They died at the same time. I know I ter- tell terrible jokes. I know, but uh, yeah, they died at the same time, and uh, they go up to the pearly gates, and there's old Saint Peter, and and, uh, and he looks at him and says, well, "Come on in, fellows." And he says, uh, you guys come with me. And he takes the taxi driver and the preacher's with him. And he takes the taxi driver to his mansion. And, man, there is an Olympic swimming pool. There's bowling alleys. There's tennis courts. I mean, it is, wow, marble everywhere. I mean, it is beautiful. Floors of gold and just beautiful. And he says, this is your mansion, taxi driver. And he's, oh, thank you. I'm so blessed. And he takes the preacher and he takes him over to this little shack and the it's got holes all in it, and it's just kind of a bunk bed for a bed, and it's really just not very nice. And the preacher said, I, I think there's a problem here, St. Peter. And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, you gave the taxi driver that beautiful mansion, and, and I've got this, and I was a preacher, and I, I preached to people f- for years and years. And he said, yeah, you did. And he said, and every time you preached, they fell asleep. He said, and every time they got in the taxi and he drove away, they prayed That's the best I can do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see a whole lot of people sleeping in here, so uh, are we ready to get going? We're on this go and be thing, and we got the, the huddle party today, and that's what that's about, is, is to kind of come up with a master plan of, of, of the church, of how the different teams would, would like to do something for the community or, or bring the community in somehow. We'll, we'll get all that together at about 3.30 this afternoon, but also... Uh, uh, we're going to revamp the um, the fellowship team. Uh, we're revamping that completely. We'll do. We're going to start doing uh, uh, morning breakfasts again, but it'll be after. We're going to do Easter Sunday. We have a pancake breakfast like we always do here, is and we'll do it from nine to ten, and then uh, no Sunday school that day. Pancake breakfast from nine to ten, and then church service at ten thirty, of course. And so uh, please come and, and join us there, and they'll need help. Uh, Vicky uh, Vicky's going to kind of head that team up for a little while until we get somebody to take that team, and she's going to reorganize it. And so we're going to start all that all over again and uh, try to get this fellowship team working uh, in, a, in a wonderful way to serve the Lord. So uh, please come today at 3.30 at that, and, and she, we will need help. I know that John and Dale and a lot of them always help. On, a, on I'm enlisting you, too, because you're my friends. Uh, <laughs> on pancake breakfast uh, Sunday, on Easter Sunday. So, and there'll be others that need to come and help with that if you can. So uh, let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you today, Lord, I, I just ask you, Father, uh, today, Lord, that uh, as we go through your word, and, and Lord, that we, uh, we, we are excited uh, for what you're doing here at the crossing, uh, the way you're moving things around, the way you uh, uh, remold us and break us and bring us back together again. Father, we're excited about what you're doing. Uh, Father, and that's just not words, Father. I, I, when I see you moving in different ways, in all kinds of ways, I know those powerful, wonderful things are going to happen. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, I ask you to bless this day, Father, and bless this afternoon as we come together and discuss what we can do to bring your glory to this community. And it's your name, Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, uh, the sermon today is called Lifers. And I was... Uh, 
I had some issues, a lot of issues this week, dealing with work and things in the church and, uh, and dying and stuff. And, and, I, and I, was, I was struggling with my mind trying to figure out where we're going to go and what we're going to do with this going to be. I've got a lot of sermons planned up, but I have to have the one that God wants me to have for each week. I just don't grab something and preach it. it, it, it there's a process through that. There's a planning process and a purpose as, a, as we talk about this going be. And, and the same with the sermons. There's a plan, there's a process, and, there, and then there's a purpose for it. And as, as I was struggling with my mind trying to get it f- focused, um, I was running out of time. And uh, it was Friday afternoon, and, and I had all day Saturday, but uh, it was uh, Friday. And anyway, long story short, uh, uh, God gave me this sermon and put it together in about less than an hour. So I was really excited about that. <laughs> Uh, I, pre- I prayed and, and, and through it, for, throughout the week, but really didn't know what the title was, really didn't know where we, exactly where we were going. It took a, and God, he knew the, how my mind was, and he says, I'm going to give you this, and here we go. So you're getting something that, uh, uh, that God gave me in about an hour uh, on parts of it. So uh, I never know where God's taking us. You, know, that's the fun, you guys don't know this, but I, I don't know where we're going every Sunday morning. I mean, I've got a layout, but it's so fun to watch God work. And I'll go back, I don't listen to my own sermons very often, but once in a while I'll go back. And I went back and listened to that one last week because I was going to Kentucky and working. I had about a three-hour ride, and I had it on the, the SoundCloud. And you know what? That was a pretty good sermon. <laughs> now, I, I, most of the time I can't remember what I said. I have to ask Vicki, did I say this, did I say that? Because I just, cause a lot of times I'm just in, I put in that God zone, you know? And I went back and listened. I thought, that, that was pretty good. Who was that guy, you know? And uh, it was God. He was working through me, and that's the way that works, and that's the way it should work. Uh, and that's the way God taught me to work. So this week is called Lifers. It's called Lifers. And, and if I want to go and be, if I really want to work for God and, and, and go and, and be his voice and his hands and all that, then I, I'm in it for life. Now, uh, uh, Moses, he was 80 years old when he got in, when he got in it for life. Up until that time, the he, 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 first 40 years, it was kind of a mess. And then he decided, well, I'm going to go back to the Hebrews. And, and, he, and he murdered an Egyptian, and he ran off. And, and so he was, for the first 80 years, all total 80 years of his life, he was not a lifer for God. Now, God had that purpose for Moses. He had a plan for Moses. And, and, and he had a process for Moses. And it started when Moses was, was born with his parents doing the right things. And Moses didn't really get into the plan of God and he really never started the process of God and never saw the purpose of God until he was 80. So there's no age limit, right? He said, well, they live longer. Well, he lived to be 120, that's right. So he did live a little bit longer. Some people did, some people didn't. But that's not an excuse. God's got a, a plan and a purpose and a process for your life. And, uh, and, 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 Moses was about to, uh, and Moses was about to find out what it was. Lifers. Now, in the military, which, uh, where's Eric at? Eric is our captain. And we're going to be talking about the VA Memorial Day, too. Whoever wants to be on that team and, and head that up and stuff, we really need you here for, at 3.30. But I asked him to bring this in because, you know, once you're in the military, you're in the military, right? Now, you're in the Army, right? You're not a Marine, right? That's right. Yep, say, Army! <laughs> Army, that's what he is. Now, for, now, Buddy, where's Buddy? Buddy was a Marine. Buddy, you're a Marine, right? You weren't in the Army, right? You're a Marine. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm glad you're back there and Eric's here. Uh, where's George? George, what were you? Army? Both. Wow. Now that's what we call two lifers. 
Yeah, and then we got other ones here. We got Ashley, we got Josh, we got, we got both Joshes, and we got other ones that I don't know about that were, that were military. But, you know, you put that military, and, and you, you say, well, a military guy will retire or, 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 or will go on leave or whatever, but there's still a Marine or an Army or Air Force or National Guard or Navy or Marine and Army both. Or if you're a Ranger or a SEAL, that's what you are. The rest of your life, it's kind of like, I've heard a lot of people saying when they talk about Navy SEALs, they'll say, he's a Navy SEAL, and then they give his name. So it's like that title is never goes away. Well, as a Christian, shouldn't we be known as a Christian for life? I see, I, I don't get it when, when, when we claim to be Christians one day a week or two days a week, and then the rest of the week we just do and do and say whatever we want to say, and, and then we act like we're not really lifers. But see, I'm in it for life. In fact, I'm in it for eternal life. Amen? I'm just not in it for a few years. on there. I'm in it for eternal life. I'm a lifer. And that's what we all need to understand first. If I want to go and be, I've got to be a lifer. Now, I'll tell you what, I've led people to the Lord, and I've seen them be on fire for God. We say, well, they're on fire for God. Yeah, they're on fire for God for two or three months, or two or three weeks, or two or three hours, and then it goes, whoosh. The wind came, and it blew the fire out. Something happened. You know what? They weren't lifers. They weren't lifers. Now, I believe from the deep depths of my heart, that, that I can be a lifer for God. Now, I, I may get in trouble here or there, but I still am a lifer for God. But I, I, if I continue to back up, walk away from God, and act like God doesn't exist in my life, then I'm probably not a lifer. I probably really am not, not, am not saved. I'm probably not born again. I'm probably none of those things. Because a lifer is a lifer. Amen. I can't stress that hard enough. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you should be a lifer for God. And if you're continually running off somewhere and going nuts, well, maybe you better get back and check what you committed to God. Everybody make sense out of that? Everybody did I do that one good enough? Well, one person. Oh, boy. The church does not need brilliant personalities. Now, I know some brilliant people in this church, and I'm glad you're here. I know you've got brilliant personalities, and I'm glad you've got it. And, and the ones, some of the ones I know with these brilliant personalities, you really have become a lifer for God. And that is wonderful. But if, if all you want to bring into the church is just a, a, a brilliant, charismatic attitude, eh, not so much. Because that, that means you can be a wolf in sheep's clothing. But instead, it needs faithful servants for a lifetime. Amen? That's, what's the army say or what the Marines say? Once you're in there, you're in there, right? Looking for a few good men, a few good women. That's what they want. That's what God wants. So the church is not, in my opinion, is not so interested in brilliant personalities because I'm going to tell you, whatever personality you bring into here, God's going to change it. Maybe not the whole personality, but he, you're going to go from a, from a self-focused personality, from a, uh, from a personality that is focused on worldly things to a new personality, and it's going to be more brilliant, more brighter, God-centered. I mean, that's just the facts. I'm going to look at sin, I'm going to understand sin, and I don't want no part of it. I'm not going to play around with it. I'm not going to think, is this sin wrong, or is this sin wrong, or is this sin worse than the other? They're all wrong. Amen? You can't say to me, well, 
You pick on one sin, you don't pick on another. They're all wrong. They're all need to stay out of the church. But instead, faithful servants for a lifetime. If God has called you into his army, he has called you to, to what? Go and be. Now, I read this every so often in church. I don't think I've read it in the last probably six months. But if God has called you, if he has called you from the darkness to the light, if he's called you out of the, out of the, uh, out of the chaos and the insanity of the world, he's not only called you, but he's called you for a specific plan, a specific process, and a specific purpose. Am I beating that enough for you guys? Go and be. So I'm going to read the Warrior's Creed because I live, I love this thing. I know a lot of you guys like, you, you people out there love this. I'm, some of you may know, if all you, who hasn't heard the Warrior's Creed out there? Yeah, there's a few people that haven't heard it. You don't mind me doing it again, do you? Because it goes good with this message. It says, I am a soldier in the army of God. Everybody say, I'm a soldier in the army of God. Thank you. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. Everybody say, the Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. Okay, now, if I don't truly believe that, then he really doesn't have the authority over me that he, he died for. I've got to really grab a hold of that, don't I? Now, Eric, you're a captain, right? Or are you made major yet? Captain. What happens if a private comes up to you and says, Captain, I think you're just full of baloney. Probably not good for the, not good for the captain or not good for the private. Probably not good for the private, right? Huh? Yeah. yeah, you would not be happy with him, would you? Especially if he costs, especially if he costs, I'm putting Eric on, he got me. Yes. Especially if he costs lives. You see, we're not, we're not, what you understand, this is serious business. The church is serious business. The Word of God is serious business. It's not to be played with and, and rattled around like a little toy. It is dead serious. It is life and death. It is heaven and hell. And we have got to treat it like that. So far in the church, as the centuries come by, the church kind of takes on different looks and different faces. And I'm going to tell you something. We have taken on a face in the church of God, not the crossing, but in church in general, that it isn't as serious as we might think. And so we skip over things and say it's not quite as serious. But I'm telling you, it is serious enough that Jesus Christ, God of creation, allowed us to put him on a cross. I think that is serious, don't you? And I, I don't really think I want to play around and act like sin is not serious when Satan is trying to destroy the church. And if we don't stand up for the love of God, the truth of God, then each church will be picked off one person at a time. You stand in the truth and the promises of God and he'll take care of you, amen? I'm a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the, and the word are my weapons of warfare. I've been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversary, 
and tested by fire. I'm a volunteer in this army, and I'm enlisted for eternity. I will either retire in this army or die in this army, but I will not get out or sell out, be tossed out or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I'm a soldier. I'm not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I'm a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I'm a soldier. I'm not a wimp. I'm in place saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, foods, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me to this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out even. I will win. My God will supply all my needs. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I, do do all I, do all I can do all things through Christ. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot delusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. And money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I'm a soldier. And even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain. I am a soldier in the army. I'm marching and claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier marching heaven bound. Amen. Lifer. A lifer in Jesus Christ. What an awesome, awesome life to have. I preached to you a few weeks ago and I said you've got to know your enemy. And I'm telling you, you've got to know your enemy. If a captain doesn't know who he's fighting, it's going to be a rough battle. If he doesn't understand where they're going to go and how they're going to flank and how they're going to, what material, what, what, what guns they have, and what, what, what things they have they can come and destroy you with, he's going to be behind the scene. You're not going to know what's going on, are you? You've got to have that intel, right? You've got to have it. The Bible is our intel. It is, our, it is everything we didn't know how to live this life and fight the enemy that's coming after us to destroy the world. And when you plan on going and being, I'm going to tell you right now, it's important that you understand Satan does not want you to do it. And when you go and do it, when you are ready to go and be in the right heart and your love and humility is correct, I promise you, Satan will come after you. In every single form, he will come after you. He will use your kids. He will use your mom. He will use your dad. He will use anything and everything to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your family so badly. He wants to tear you apart that you'll shut up and sit down. But if you are a lifer, you'll understand you don't have that option. You must go. Amen? If you're not saved, it's an act that you're trying to put on. You're not going to make it. And off you go. I was telling Brooke this morning, children, 
these little children running around here, they know their adults. They know their mom and dads. They know the adults. They listen with those little ears, and they take it all in. You don't, feel, you don't fool children, do you? You just don't fool them. They know. You know the lost people out there in the world? They're not innocent by no stretch of the imagination. But a Christian doesn't fool them either. They're looking for the first thing that you do, the first cuss word, the first anything that you do to say, there you go, there you go. This guy ain't no lifer. He's a fool following that church, giving his money and listening to that. He's a fool. He ain't no different than we are. See, all you have to do is do one thing. You can do one thing wrong for 10 years, and they'll always go to that one thing. We're to be above reproach. I believe that's what the Bible says. It's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible says. If you want to be a lifer, if you want to go and be, these are the things you have to count the cost. You, you have to count the cost. You can't say, well, I'm going to do it for a couple of months, and, and then we'll just see where it goes. You've got to count the cost. And if, and if, if God hasn't molded you enough or, 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 or formed you enough or broke you enough or put you through enough fires, then just sit still. And keep growing in Christ. And do what he tells you to do. If God calls you into his army, he has called you to go and be. In Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside, let us lay aside every weight. That means all this weight of anything that's holding you back. Sin, doubt, your past, frustration, anything. We, we need to lay all that. It's got to go. It's got to be laid aside. It's, it's a weight that's holding you down. Now, if you want to be encouraged by God, you just ask him to take all this weight off of you. But boy, you're going to see something you've never seen in your life. And the sin which so easily ensnares you now, why did, it, this is Hebrews, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, my guess is Paul, but why did they, why did he write this, this so easily? Look at that word, easily ensnared. That's like, a, that's like a fish getting caught in a net, isn't it? But getting caught in the wrong net. It's like a, an animal being trapped in a, in a, in a trap, but it ensnares you. And it, you're stuck there, you can't get away from it. And it's easily done. That's why we have to know our enemy, understand it. And the sin which so easily ensnares you, and let, <coughs> and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Endurance. In other words, what I just read to you about the Warriors' Creed, we're to run in endurance. If we're going to be lifers, we have to have endurance to be that. And one of the issues with the church today, with Christians today, and I'm always picking on the church, I guess because we're pickable, I don't know. But one of the things I clearly see is most people don't have the basics of the Word of God. Forget about theology and doctrine. You don't have the basics. I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm just talking in general. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. If you know John 3, 16, you're going to know that more than about 90% of the people in the world. Now, you also got to know that you're so blessed because God has called you out to be something different, to be a lifer with him. You are so blessed. And when evil comes to destroy you, don't look at it as, as something fearful. 
You look at it as something God has blessed you so much that he's given you the ability to fight this, to overcome this, to bring the glory to God through this. We just want to throw our hands up and say, I'm a victim again. Man, God's trying to work something through you. Let him do it. You just get in the word of God. One of the things I understand clearly, if you stay in the word of God, you will not falter. Amen? Amen. Satan will not be able to handle you. But the minute you get out of the word of God and you think, well, my opinion does matter, you just stepped right into Satan's trap. You've just been ensnared. Well, them church people, they just hate homosexuals. They just hate them. It's the farthest thing from truth. You know what I hate? Liars and thieves, too. I hate them as bad as homosexuals. And I don't hate the person, I hate the act. I don't hate the person that, that, that lies and thieves, too. I just hate the act of it. But see, Satan knows where he's taking this world. And he knows that's a touchy situation. Yeah, I don't like liars and thieves. I don't like hypocrites. There's a lot of things I don't like. But that doesn't mean I don't love them. In fact, it means that I do love them because I see through it and want them to have a wonderful life. And as a church, we must continue to confront evil. Amen? Therefore, we also, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, lay aside, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know what I would love? It would be cool if when people come in this church, they say, uh, I'm a thief. I'm a liar. I'm a homosexual. I said, come on in. Sit down. Because I'm a lifer. And you can be too. But you cannot be a lifer if you're continually a liar and you're continually a thief or anything other sin. Because see, that doesn't go in my Bible. The Bible says that's not going to happen. You're going to be new. Amen? We may make mistakes. We may sin. I'm not saying we don't sin because we definitely do that. But I am covered under the blood. And the difference is I don't want to do it. I don't desire to do it. I don't love to do it. I don't have a, a brilliant personality that says, I can do anything that I want. God's grace will cover all. I don't want to do it. And the world says, I don't care. I'll just do it and feel good about it. And you'll just have to love it. Well, I can tell you, you're not a lifer. Quit fooling yourself. Quit lying to yourself. You're not a lifer. Don't look back, but step back. Listen to this principle here. Don't look back. When Moses was going to, when God was calling Moses, and we're going to go to Exodus 4 in a minute, but when God was calling Moses, he wanted Moses to stay focused on him. Now, when God called me to, to this church, I'm going to tell you, I had negotiations with God. Amen. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with having negotiations with God. In fact, if you didn't, I would think there's something wrong with you. I mean, I have questions. That doesn't mean God has to answer those questions. 
It means sometimes I just have to trust God, no matter if he answers the question or not, or the negotiation. But my God is so faithful and so loving that he knows what I can handle and what I cannot handle. He knows. And so during those negotiations, he will oftentimes answer one or two or three or four, however many he chooses to answer, to help us keep our focus on him. God was going to give Moses a, a direction. And Moses in chapter 3 had already complained a few times, two or three times. Now we're going to go chapter 4 in a second. He was going to complain again. But, but God, listen to this, God will be there for you. Amen? When God asked me to start this church, I had negotiations with God. And more than one, me and Vicky prayed and prayed our hearts out for it. We had negotiations. And God, every time I'd ask God to do something, you know what? Boom! I'd say, God, you're going to have to do this because I'm not sure if I'm crazy or what. I never preached more than two or three Sundays in a row. Never did. I don't know if I can do this, God. It's your job, not mine, God. And I don't have to know it all, but, but I do have a few questions. And he would answer those questions in the very beginning. Amen? I'd make a phone call, one phone call. And God would return that phone call from somebody with confirmation of what he was doing, like a neon sign. And you just keep following. Amen? You just keep following. And you have negotiations with God. And Moses was about to do that. But listen to this. Don't look back. See, because if we look back, we're heading back. Amen? Now, I didn't look back. I, knew, I, I, I thought I knew the plan. I didn't know the process at all. And I sure didn't know the purpose at all, except for preaching God's word. But I, I thought I knew the plan. So I, I understood that I couldn't look back. Because looking back is going back. But I stepped back. And I had negotiations with God. Maybe even without Vicki, my wife. But negotiation with God. Because I knew what was going, this was going to entail. I knew pretty much what was going to happen. I was willing to give up most of my life to doing what God wanted me to do. My horses go, everything, boof, 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 boof. although I still have fun and great times, don't get me wrong. But all that had to shrink. I knew what the cost was. And I had to negotiate that with God. When God asks you to go and be and do something, the first thing you do ought to do, you team leaders, new team people, you need to make sure you count the cost. You need to make sure that you're going to do what God asks you to do. Because I'll tell you what, once God gets started, he gets started, he gets to going. Amen? And buddy, you're just going to have to be blessed one, thing, one blessing after another. Don't look back, but step back. Pray. Step forward. Knowing that everything, listen to me, everything you have been through, I mean everything you have been through, with your walk with God, with your work, with whatever it has from the beginning to now, because Moses was going to have to go back and look at everything from the day his mother had to put him in that basket and see him down the river Nile and trust God with that baby's life. Moses knew it. And from that moment, he had to take everything that had occurred in his life. And trust God with it. Everything you have been through or are going through to this day, to this moment, everything, everything has been God preparing you for this moment. Everybody say amen. 
He's preparing you. You say, well, I don't know. I ran off in a lot of sin. God allowed that to happen. See, I, I believe my God is omni-everything omni God. I believe he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. I believe he can unharden the heart of anybody he wants. I believe he's God. I believe he wrote the beginning to the end. And I believe he knows every single thing that's going to take place in your life. I don't think one thing is an accident. And I don't believe in coincidences. I believe it's planned out. Now you say, well, if it's planned out, why didn't he save them all? Well, he gave us that free choice, didn't he? He knew it was going to happen, but he planned it out. Amen? Because it was a long time, my free choice didn't get me where God wanted me to go. But I'll take all that stuff and I'll use it for the glory of God. Am I preaching too loud? Don't look back. See, I, I just took me an hour, less than an hour to write this sermon. You see what I'm saying? Ain't God good. Come on now, say, ain't God good. You didn't say the ain't part. God is good. All the time. He knows what's he knows what he's allowing to implant in your heart today. He knows it. And sometimes I'll say, Boy, I, I wish so and so would have heard that sermon. Well, I'll tell you what, if God wanted them to hear it, they'd have heard it. They said, Well, I don't know about that, preacher. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I worship an all powerful God, a God that is not surprised. And everything is for the good of his people that love him. Romans 8, 28. Don't look back, but step back. Pray and step forward, knowing that everything you have been through or going through has been God preparing you for this moment. If you can grab a hold of that principle, you ought to just write that principle down there right now. And you ought to say that because I'll tell you what, the enemy's going to come after you, and you've got to recognize that God's going to allow that enemy to come after you. He allowed it with Job. He'll allow it with you. He'll allow it with all the saints. Because it's for your good. You're going to go through some fire. You're going to have to be refined. If I'm going to be a lifer, I expect these things to take place in my life. Amen? Your children may drive you insane. Let's raise a hand on that one there. I ain't going to mention any names. Well, let me think. Give that to God. That ain't, that ain't, that's not your pain to hold on to. You give it to God. Amen? You give it to God. The enemy wants to, you to hold on to that. You give that to God, and you let that go. I'm not saying you let go of your loved ones. I'm saying you pray, you love them, you encourage them, you be that lifer that they can always turn and say, and say they never left God. From the moment God called them out of that darkness, they were a lifer with God. And they'll see that in your life. They'll know because I'll tell you, evil knows good. Sometimes good has a problem knowing evil, but evil knows good. It sees righteousness. It doesn't like it, but it sees it. I'm getting all worked up, aren't I? Woo, I'm getting tired. I'm just getting started. Moses, oh man. I, you know, I, I probably have studied the first five books of the Bible more than anything in my entire life. I, I just love it all. I know Mike Keating is a big fan of it. I love it all. It is so, it is so unbelievable sometimes. 
And we get on our high horse sometimes thinking, well, why do those people keep leaving God? You weren't there. You, you didn't go through the things they went through. You go through the things you go through. And how come you have bad thoughts sometimes that start to drag you away from God? See, we are to learn from these things. Amen? This is how we learn who God is. We look at the history lessons. We see God working through the lives. And we put ourselves right there in them pages. And we learn how God works. Now, if my God can harden Pharaoh's heart and then allow his people to be gone through these plagues and all these other things and then split the waters of the Red Sea wide open, which we have proof today that some army of the Egyptians was in that water, they've, they've seen it, it's there, there's proof there, and they didn't get there by boat. So everybody can just keep on denying that if you want, but there's proof. You just don't want to know the proof. You don't want to know the truth. God is a real God. Everybody say, God is a real God. Oh, he's so real, isn't he? Now I know the whole world just down on us Christians. They just down on us Christians. But I'll tell you, I got one thing. My God is a real God. He is a loving God. He is a faithful God. He is a truthful God. He is a God that holds his promise. He is God. And I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the world thinks. He is my Lord and Savior. And he's caused me to be a lifer. See, I didn't become a lifer because I wanted to be. He called me into it. He changed me into it. And he'll change your loved ones. You just keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. And you keep giving it to God. And this is chapter 4, verse 1 or 2. I only got two verses here. I, only got, I think I got six verses. I don't have any verses. But it's God. And he, Moses giving these excuses. And God's got this. He's going to get him in the God zone. He's got to get him in the God zone. And he's going to tell Moses, he says, Moses answered and said, because God, he just given God some excuses, and God told him how he was going to do this and do that. And he comes here in 4.1, he says, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. Well, Moses doesn't have a very good record here he's been away from his family the hebrews in egypt for 40 years he doesn't have this testimonies and witness like a lot of us have i don't blame him for negotiating with god i've got a bunch of cards we had made up i don't know how many several hundred of them this is where i was going to insert this these are easter cards it's welcome to the crossing on Easter. Amen? Amen. They're cards. They're, they're only going to be good for two weeks, and then we have to put them away till next year. But I would really like to see, I don't know how many, how many, how many we have made, Vic? Two hundred? Whatever it is. <laughs> I would like to see them passed out. And you can take as many flashlights as you have. You can pass them out with the flashlights. Can I invite you to church on Easter? Go and be. Amen? Is that really too hard? Is that really, do you think God would add, you think God would bless that? I, I guarantee you he would. It's, it's not nothing 
uh, extravagant or going to, go out to go to hell if you don't go to church. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, hey, you want to come to church for Easter? Here's a flashlight and a card. These cards are specifically for that. Would you take some of them? If you need more flashlights, there's more of them. Would you take a handful of these cards? They're all over the church. They look just like that. They're really pretty. They look like Easter. Would you take a handful, put them in your pocket, put them in your purse, and keep them there for the next two weeks? Now, I don't care if you're the waitress at the restaurant or at the grocery store checking out. If they live in this area, slip them a card. And keep passing out flashlights till you run out. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because see, I want the world to know my Lord. We need to invite them over and over again. You can't get tired of inviting people to church. You say, well, they come and they leave. You can't get tired of inviting people to church. Everything else is God's job. Amen? It's not my job. It's not your job. Our job is to go and be invite. God changes hearts. And he chooses who he changes. How much time I got? Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord will not appear to you. And that may happen to you when you go out. But I want you to pray at the gas station, at the gas pump, before you pump your gas. Lord, can I give a card to somebody? Can I do this? Can I do that? I mean, you pray. You really pray over it, and God will lead you to it. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. This would become the rod of God. And it clearly says that in a couple different verses throughout. It will, we'll probably get into it later, in the, later as we go in the series. But it's, it becomes this rod. And what he had used it for now was a tool. It was like a hammer. Me, I used my hammer, man, to beat on everything, you know. But, but Moses used this rod to, to, to get his sheep or protect his sheep or whatever he was doing. He used that, that staff. That was his tool. But I'm going to tell you what, God's going to turn into the rod of God. Amen? And I'll tell you what, whatever you got in your hand, whatever you think you have that's in your heart, if you allow God to turn it into the rod of God, you're going to see some magnificent things happen in your life. But if you're not willing to turn that over to God, and you're willing to say, well, no, this is what I use for work, God, you can't use this for anything else, then you're done. Your faith is not where it needs to be. You need to allow God to take what you have and turn it over to him. Sin cannot harm you when it's disarmed. Oh, don't you like that? Sin cannot harm you when it's, everybody say disarmed. Woo, sin cannot harm you when it's disarmed. In other words, if sin is out of your life, you're trying to live as a lifer for Jesus Christ, then this sin cannot harm you when it's disarmed. You've got to disarm it. You've got to give it to God. You've got to ask for forgiveness and turn it over. If you're hanging on to it, preaching up here in the pulpit with it, going out to visit people with it, the old evil one will use it against you, and it will be a detriment to your life. Sin cannot harm you when it's been disarmed. Sin. Somebody give me that word right there. Subtly. Everybody say subtly. I had a problem with my tongue with that one. Sin, su everybody say it again. Subtly. Subtly. Now that means it's kind of like hiding out. 
kind of like hiding out. Like he'll come by here in a minute and boom, I'm gonna grab him. It robs us. Listen to me now. Sin robs us of spiritual power and victory. Amen? It robs us of that. Victory that could be ours. However, there is no extent that sin cannot entangle us that God's grace does not abound still more to free us. Amen? Now, I'll tell you what. The Hebrews were entangled in slavery for 400 years. They cried out to God. And God was going to set them free and send them to the promised land. As Moses being their leader, God will do it. I'm messed up here, guys. Move me on here. We'll close up here in a minute. By faith. This is the, 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 the in part of the Bible that's all about faith and, and the men and women of faith. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. The first three months, all the, all the male ch children would be killed right now. God took it out of the hands of the maidservant, put it in other people's hands, and he was going to kill them. Too many people being barned out there. They were, they were afraid of being overpowered. But for three months, his mother hid him, knowing that if that baby cried out at the wrong time, there'd be more than that baby getting killed, most likely a whole family. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. Now, I'm going to tell you what. There's not one parent out here that doesn't think your child's beautiful, right? Now, I'm not going to use myself. I'll use John Blackwell on this one. Now, John Blackwell will look at a baby picture and say, I'm really pretty about that baby. It all looks the same to me. Now, that child, that child's parents over there will look at that baby and say, that's the most gorgeous child in the world. Because we're, we're, we're partial, right? And I can look at that baby and I say, man, look at the nose on that dude. Them ears are hanging low. Now I look at the parents and say, what a nice child. They saw it was a beautiful child. They saw more than the appearance. They saw a calling. They saw a plan. Although they didn't know the plan, they saw the process and they saw the purpose of God. Now, clearly, God laid that on their hearts. Amen? Because we all see our children as beautiful. There's more to it than that. And they were not afraid. Get that right there. They were not afraid of who? The king's commandments. They were not afraid of what might take place. Man, what? lifers they are amen 400 years of slavery they know what can happen to them but they're in it for life by faith moses when he became age refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter in 25 choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of god than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin it would take many years for moses to become this lifer but all those things that went through his life led to that moment of the burning bush. But as for you, this is a Genesis 50, 20, which I, is the verse for this whole series. 
And I told you to memorize it. I don't know how many of you have been memorizing but I'm telling you you need to memorize this. Because when evil comes after you, you can always go to this. Because this is, this is beautiful. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. Satan wants evil for your life. But God wants glory for your life. Amen? He wants your life to bring his glory. Let's stand. A lifer, this is your challenge for a week. A lifer never forgets the battles, but pushes on to help win the war. Everybody say amen. A lifer never forgets the battles. You learn from every battle, but pushes on to help win the war. I'll open up these tables in a minute. Go ahead, Brooke. If you're a, let's look like this. If you're a lifer, I mean, you're ready to go with Jesus Christ to become this lifer. Come, enjoy the day. Enjoy who the Lord is in your life. I mean, enjoy him. Give your life to him. I thought I was crazy sometimes when I started this church. Sometimes I still think I am. And that's evil coming after me. I wasn't. And a lot of you here, and a lot of you that came through this church are proof of that. I wasn't crazy. God had a plan. The process is still in motion. The purpose has been seen in a lot of people's lives. We have an opportunity to, to go out and bless this community. And I say it continually. We need to go out and bless the community. Here's the flashlight. There's more right here. There's cards. Would you please... Start the process today. Enjoy the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you something. He enjoys you. He enjoys every aspect of your life. I don't think he likes to see him going through pain and sorrow and all that. But he knows what he's going to do with that life. And he knows the, what's going to take place after you get past it. The Lord didn't cause evil in this world. Satan did. We chose it. Adam and Eve chose it in the garden. Every time we go and sin, we choose it. But the Lord asks us not to do that. To become lifers for him. And ask for forgiveness when we mess up. And he's there to cover it. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, I ask, Father, if those here sitting here, Father, Lord, if they just need to work out something with you, Father, if they're not sure that they've ever been saved, Oh, Father, help them become a soldier in the army of God. Help them put on their boots and their helmet. Help them grab the, the armor of God and put it in their lives. Encourage them, Father. And break us and mold us and refine us, Father. That we become the children of God that you called us to be. Break this church, Father. Mold it and break it. And through that process, encourage us to be the church you've called us to be. Thank you for the blessings of love and the blessings of your promises. It's in my Lord and Savior's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You come, enjoy the Lord today.